1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in
0: trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Pressure. Pass is picked off. And who is it?
1: Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the PAX with She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we are officially into kind of the dead period of the offseason before we get into free agency and the combine and the draft. And all of those exciting things that help make the offseason feel like less of an offseason. But today we were treated to a Brian Gutekunst press presser and a little bit of news regarding a restructuring of nose tackle Kenny Clark's contract. So, yeah, Perry, kind of kind of some news, even though it's you know,
0: really quiet. Yeah, um, non-Aaron Rodgers news, non-Devante Adams news, which is welcome. Um, I think the Kenny Clark restructure was just um an expected move shouldn't shouldn't be too much of a surprise but shows that the packers are starting to make all those kind of restructure moves that they need to make to make cap space for the coming season so glad to see them start moving some things around even while they're still waiting for rogers decision
1: yeah the kenny clark move uh Freed up almost almost eleven million uh, for the twenty twenty two cap year. Um, they converted thirteen point six million of Clark's twenty twenty two compensation into a signing bonus, and they added a couple of void years to his deal. So that was one of the things that I think a lot of people thought the Packers would end up doing. Other options, of course, you know, are extend guys like Preston Smith, extend Adrian Amos, extend Billy Turner, uh, potentially cut or restructure Darius Smith. Um, David Bakhtiari, David Bakhtiari probably yeah hopefully extend Jair there's a lot of dominoes that have to fall but it felt like you know I know you listen to the Goody Presser um the first domino has to be Aaron Rodgers
0: yeah well I mean it <laughs> it's the guy that you build a team around and it's also the guy with the largest cap hit. so um he not only from like an obvious football standpoint matters, but from a literal roster-building standpoint with the cap, his decision matters. Um, and if he's returning and is going to do something, restructure in any way, shape, or form his own deal. I know that there were rumors earlier in the offseason about him potentially um, taking an extension. Like All those things then affect what the Packers are able to do um, less so about kind of the restructures of guys who are already under contract like a Kenny or Bakhtiari, but the ability to extend a Jair or extend a Preston Smith, like is very contingent upon what they're able to do with Rogers's contract. So yeah, I think they're trying to do what they can for now.
1: Yeah. And you and I have talked about this before, whether it's on the show or on Twitter, but one of the things that I think you and I agree on that we keep coming back to is Devonte Adams isn't going anywhere. And you know, I think part of that started in training camp when Tom Grossi got to sit down with Mark Murphy and he got that really, really good quote from Murphy about um, only giving contracts to hall of famers or third contracts to hall of famers. And I think Devonte fits into that and, in, you know, Goody kind of alluded to that as well today, basically saying, like, you know, I saw your tweet about the the franchise tag. I would like for you to expand on that. But it just doesn't seem like it's the move that the Packers would make unless it was to get a larger deal done. I don't really think we're going to see Devontae test the waters of free agency.
0: I think if the Packers let that happen, it's just gross negligence. Um, this is a blue-chip, future gold-jacket potential player. You just, like, don't let them walk in free agency. Um I do, I'm really, really adamant about the Packers' uh, non-use of the franchise tag. Um, They're the only team in the last decade who has not used it. They haven't used it since 2010 when they did it on Ryan Pickett. It's just not, um, if you will, a tool that they pull out of their box ever. It's like that discarded, rusty tool that's in there, and you're like, I don't even know why I have this anymore. Um, I Mm. Did think, though, that it was really interesting after the Goody Presser today that, like, the possibility of tagging him simply to get a larger extension deal done is a possibility um, that hadn't entered my mind as something that they would do. Everyone talks about, oh, you tag and trade him or, oh, you do, you know, you just tag him and then he gets to enter free agency next year as, like, a thank you and goodbye Um everyone thinks of him as such a combo platter with Aaron Rodgers, And I don't think the Packers view him that way. Um, they view him as someone they want to keep around hopefully longer um, than they have Rogers if Rogers only returns for a year. So I think the tag and extend just to give themselves time to come up with a deal that works is a really interesting new option. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about the franchise tag is I just don't love it as, as a, uh, as a, just an option in general, I find it, at least the way they've changed it in the last 10 years, it's just like fairly disrespectful to players. It's just don't like the optics of it, um, especially for a player like Devontae Adams, who is drafted and homegrown and deserves like all the money that he wants because he's shown he's the best receiver in the league. So I'd be pretty like disappointed if the Packers used it other than to then provide him a, a deal
1: yeah, I agree with you. And you know we've we've talked about it before, but you've you've seen what happens when guys get the franchise tag and then, in you know, an untimely injury happens, and those guys have their careers in jeopardy and the the future of what they're able to make long term because of something when they could have gone out and gotten a robust deal. So, it it has that element to it as well. But, you know, I think, you know, I want to kind of clarify here too, and I, I think you probably agree with me that these moves, these restructurings, what's happened with Kenny, what'll happen with a number of players will happen regardless of who's under center. It's not something they're doing to kind of clear and alleviate the cap for Aaron Rodgers. It's not something that they're doing um, for Jordan Love. It's just something that has to happen with the cap in general, regardless of who's playing quarterback in 2022.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, really important to note. Um, Because in general, no matter what, the Packers are like $50 million over the cap. So if they want to draft players, if they want to pick up anybody in free agency, they just have to make room and the quarterback situation does not really impact that, um, that piece of it.
1: Yeah. And I thought this was kind of interesting and I'm glad that Goody in his presser talked about, you know, he doesn't deal in hypotheticals. I appreciate that. It's really hard to do that. I know like when you have a podcast, like we do a lot of our content in the off season does generally come from hypotheticals and different scenarios, but it really seemed like, at least to me, it felt like he reiterated his commitment to Jordan Love being, you know, in the plans down the line. But right now the goal obviously is to get something done with Aaron Rodgers, regardless of whether it's for one year, two years, or a long-term deal. And they'd worry about Jordan Love when they need to. It didn't seem like he was willing to make any immediate or brash decisions regarding the future of both quarterbacks.
0: So I had that thought as well, actually, while I was listening. Surprise, we agree. Because I think that he also added about like timing of trades and how right now isn't the time, and that's just like not how um, things really work in the front office. And I was thinking as I was listening to that, I was like, he didn't have to say, I doubt I'd take a call. Like his answer could have just been, that's not really what happens right now and skirt around it. But he actively chose not to, not to say that. He said, no, I doubt I'd, I'd answer the phone, even if that's what people were doing right now. So I agree with you. Um, and I think in a world where we get like lots of coach speak, from the front office, from Mark, from Goof, even from LeFleur at times. Um, I think we've learned to kind of listen to the way they say things and and interpret it in certain ways. And so I understand that that couldn't mean nothing, right? It could mean they're still like internally, no, we don't believe in him, which I don't think is the case. But um, I do think that it is noteworthy that he also added that they wouldn't pick up the phone, um, even if that's not really what happens right now.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know that he's not going to go into a presser and say like, holy shit, we are screwed about the cap situation. But I did think that it was, it's refreshing when you hear guys that this is what they do for a living. And we see all the speculation on Twitter and we read all the articles about what's going to happen with certain contracts to hear them say like, we're not really honestly worried about it. Like, you know, there's restructures we can do. They talked about potentially getting Devondre Campbell and Russell Douglas back if that was an option. They mentioned even like Zedaria Smith. And yes, there's hoops you'd have to jump through for a lot of those guys. Some scenarios are much more likely than others as far as players that will be returning. But you didn't get the sense that there was any panic at 1265 and you definitely didn't get the sense that they were going to blow things up.
0: Well, that's because unlike us, they're thinking about, they've been thinking about the 2022 cap since probably like 2019 and 2018, yeah. right? Like they've had a plan for years, which is what front offices should have their people hired to do that. So while we might be panicking, I'm sure Brian's standing up there saying, guys, we've been, we've been planning for this already. Like we're good. Um, a couple of other things that I thought were interesting is that, it's very clear, I think, from all sides that this is not a rebuild. I mean, not even close. Absolutely. I think even if Rodgers – I mean, I guess you can look at a new quarterback as rebuild-ish, but I, even if he doesn't come back, like, Goot is ready to win a championship again this year. This is fielding a championship-caliber team. That is a direct quote from him. I don't necessarily disagree with him, depending on – even if they lose a couple of guys and they they will add a couple of guys back, but this is, again, a like, – another year of just going all in for it Um, which will have its own ramifications I think down the line but nobody seems to be at all panicked
1: yeah I mean I think we kind of talked about that like we talked about what a rebuild would mean and what that would entail and that that hasn't been the identity of this team and I think even with Jordan Love like we've seen teams get to championships with Less than stellar talent, and that's not to disrespect Jordan Love. It's just that right now he's an unknown commodity. So, I definitely don't think that at this point, even if Aaron Rodgers does retire, you know, post the addition of Tom Clements and everything, and you know, whatever were to happen there, I think the Packers, like front office, feels good enough about the way that they've built the rest of the roster that you know, even if Jordan Love isn't the guy, they they can make it work. And I think that I think that's pretty spot on at this point about just, and it says a lot about the way that they've constructed the rest of the roster, knowing some of the teams that we've seen where it's been Aaron Rodgers or bust. I don't get the sense that that's this team, especially with the way the defense played.
0: Exactly. I was thinking that, I mean, this team is majority guys who are like, I think 25 and younger. So they've got a lot of really, really young talent. I mean, I say 25 and then you will Kenny Clark's 26, like really a lot, a lot of young talent. And again, I think there's a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball and like mostly the wide receiver and tight end room. But those are position groups that you can replenish in a season. Like you can rebuild both of those rooms fairly easily in one season. Um, and you obviously don't want to be relying heavily on the draft, but there are certainly guys who are drafted. 2020 and 2021 who you accept expect to make certain developments and then be contributors right like I really hope that Amari Rogers becomes more of a contributor in the offense and I really hope that Josiah DeGuara continues to grow and develop no matter who's throwing him the ball because you saw towards the end of the season the way Matt LaFleur wants to use him so um there's a lot of like moving parts here but I I think that's the Packers being as young as they are because you think about this team, you think about Aaron Rodgers and you say, Oh my God, Aaron Rodgers is almost 40 old, but he's the oldest guy. Him and Mason Crosby are the old vets, him, Mercedes Lewis, who, you know, up in the air, if he comes back, but the rest of this team is super young. And especially like you said, defense is, is ascending.
1: Yeah. And I think there's, there's a different identity and a leadership in that as well. Like yes, Aaron Rodgers, if he comes back is bar none, the leader of the team, that makes sense. That's how it would be, but you can also tell. And when you hear guys like Rashawn Gary talk at the podium after the divisional round loss, there's or Rasul Douglas, if he were to come back, there's a lot of young guys who are really confident in the core of the team. Kenny Clark, you know, we already mentioned restructure. He's going to be around a while. So I think even guys like AJ Dillon, who said like, this motivates them more. I think people know that regardless of who's under center, and I do really believe that it will be Aaron Rodgers in 2022, that there's like an onus on the entire team to to go all in. And it's not just, you know, whoever's under center. There's going
0: to be a rallying process regardless of who's throwing the ball. For sure. So any other things from the presser that stood out to you? I definitely would have liked to hear about some other players. I understand why there are lots of questions about Rodgers and Devontae because those are like, priority number one. Um, but I do think it's interesting that like, they didn't really talk about anything else until the beat writer chat afterwards where Goot was able to tell them, you know, Elton Jenkins is rehabbing really well. And David Bakhtiari, there's like no concerns with his knee. Like those are things that I'm, I, um, was really happy to read about.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the only thing that, you know, and it wasn't really even a surprise was just, you know, with the combine starting soon, we got a sense of kind of where good's eyes are going into the draft. And he mentioned offensive line, edge, and skill positions on offense kind of as the three primary looks, which shouldn't That's really right. be surprising. Yeah, right. I mean, I think, you know, all that does is continue to solidify that. I think the Packers are taking edge in round one and hey. it gives me... I guess a little bit of a a sad face thinking that Z is for sure gone, but I've thought that since like October, so
0: <laughs> it's not really news. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just doesn't make sense, unfortunately. I think there were two things that came out of today that I found surprising. One is they they want to keep Crosby around. Uh, Goot called him a championship-level kicker, which obviously I don't disagree because the man has literally won a Super Bowl um but it is interesting because they kept JJ Molson on the practice squad all season and then they just signed another kicker so expect kicker competition (laughs) this offseason fun stuff um and then just like a total side note but you know we talked about this last week about how the NFL is really about networking it's about who you know and who you know where party lines land, if you will. And that's why we weren't that surprised that Mike Smith went to join Penton. Well, we learned today that not only does Rich Bisaccia have connections with Joe Barry, but he actually has like very, very old connections with Gutekunst through his dad. So I have no commentary on that. I just like heard it. It was like, that's really cool. <laughs> and this is just another reason why... Uh, Basaccia was kind of brought into the fold into the Packer family as he not only knows the defensive coordinator but the GM Um, and I just I don't know I love those relationships around the league I do too. And shout out to
1: Aaron Nagler, friend of the show, for pulling this stat. But the kicker that they did sign, apparently also um, Dominic Eberle, um, has connections to Rich Passaccia. He used to play with the Raiders. So I don't know if that means anything as far as the connection there. And I think it was Matt Schneidman who said that he was also a college teammate of Jordan Love, obviously, at Utah State. So don't read anything into that part of it. But there are kind of notable connections all around the special teams this year, which hopefully means that they'll be better.
0: Yeah, more <laughs> in the unit. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Any anything else, or
1: are you just like at this point? Because I'm I'm of the mindset that I'm like ready to get into the combine and start doing a deeper dive into the draft. But I also know the second free agency starts, we're going to be
0: refreshing Twitter's if the Packers have any money to do anything. I love free agency. Um, <laughs> with all of the off season stuff. It's my favorite because. Obviously, like we know the league. I at least I I should speak for myself. I know the league more than I know college football. And so seeing where people go and how they fit into like current team dynamics, I find really fascinating. Obviously, the Packers are never really that involved in free agency except for that like one year where they signed both Smiths, Billy Turner, and Adrian Amos. Um, but I I think I'm mostly curious to see what the Packers end up doing to create cap space and then kind of infer from there where they think they can target um, players in free agency if they're going to, but it also, we also have to see, you know, who doesn't come back um, and what those holes are after that.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. I think obviously, you know, hopefully Aaron Rodgers makes his decision relatively soon. He made it sound like kind of when the offseason started, that it would be before free agency. And I think knowing that he's kind of tied into Devante and the two of them, you know, are obviously checking up on each other and kind of weighing their options. I think both of those dominoes fall before the free agency period officially starts. That's my prediction. I don't think it's a bold one. I just think that we'll have
0: some type of clarity in the next couple of weeks. Well, we should because otherwise the Packers are going to be behind the eight ball, and all that does is hurt both of their chances of being on a stronger, more uh, potentially like win ready team and I think that's what they want I know that's what they both want is to win a ring together
1: yeah any any lasting thoughts about you know before free agency starts Packers that you think will be back and Packers you think might not be back
0: at this point I don't know I mean again it sounds like they want to go all in again so whatever that means um, take it for what it is to me when I hear that I think okay, so they're just going to try to bring back everybody again. Now, do I think that that's the right decision? No, because obviously the past couple of years they haven't been able to get over that hump, so something's got to give. But Goot was asked that today, and he said, I think that this team can do it. They just have to play better in the right moments. So I don't know what you do to overcome that because that's been the answer for the last couple of seasons. But um, I'm glad that no matter what, and maybe it's just a front, but Gute is optimistic that this team is championship ready with or without 12 and 17. So, again, take that for what you will, but um, I don't necessarily disagree with him.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Like I mean, I said it earlier. He's not going to go in there and be like, holy shit, the sky is absolutely falling and we are. Just <laughs> look out. But, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the consensus around the building is pretty comfortable right now. And I think – I don't know if they would be as comfortable – if they didn't think that good news was coming and that they could get a lot of this stuff done. So reasons to be optimistic, especially looking at kind of the landscape of the NFC going into next season, some of the, the changes that have happened, you know, it, it definitely feels like if the Packers wanted to reload and take another shot at it, they would have that opportunity. I don't think that window is closing for at least a couple of years.
0: I agree. It's just funny that you say that because I, as we were talking about free agency, I was thinking like, there's a whole slew of other teams that I'm really, really curious about more than the Packers like I think it's going to be a very similar free agency to last season for the Packers so like what are the Seahawks going to do right like what's going on with Kyler Murray out in Arizona um obviously the NFC North is going to be on watch I think it's Justin Fields time Vikings are completely brand new basically so um there's a lot more to this that are going to end up impacting the Packers that aren't involved with like the Packers actually building their roster yeah. Lots of fun.
1: That's, that's honestly one of my favorite parts of free agency. Like you said earlier, is just seeing, you know, where players go, especially players that we have affinities for, like, you know, Michael Pierce going to the Vikings and just, there's so many new coaches to around the league this yeah. season. So just seeing kind of how those teams are able to recalibrate is really interesting, but I think, I think that'll do it for today's show. Um, like we said, off season time, not a, not a, not a lot of news shorter episodes, but Brian Gudekuns gave some pretty good nuggets today in his presser. So you can follow Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast or on Twitch and YouTube at PAX what she said. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show.
0: Go pack go. Go pack go.